back to the Beers and Cheers podcast, week 12. Yes, we are absolutely three months in to the season. It's getting sad, it's getting towards the end. Only two regular season games left. Two, Only one home game left. A tough road game this week. Can't believe I'd ever say that about Lawrence, but it is. Um, and morale is not great. John? Talk about a, uh, a roller coaster year. We have we have been up and we've been down a lot. Multiple times. You just did you just take a sip of water? No. It sounded like you did. It sounded like your microphone did something. I'm yeah. Um <clears throat> beer of the week. It's going to be what I had last night at the Moody Center. The mood, bless the, the mood. The mood, hashtag the corral, all these the different deals. Hey, well, we got to we'll make a note. Let's circle back to that at, at the end of this. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but I had Love Street at, at uh, the old movie. Oh, huh? They sold out to Budweiser. Now it sucks. Yeah, it was it was good. It was on tap. Um, but yeah, it was good. It was a great way to um, celebrate a great game last night. But yeah, Beer of the Week, Love Street. All right, John and I are both coming back from the Hill Country this past weekend. John actually wasn't in the game at the game. I was at the game. Environment check. Loud, not as loud as Alabama. And here's my crazy theory for why. Hmm. It was cold and everyone was wearing a lot of jackets. Oh, without a doubt, cold versus heat, like hot day. Like 100% makes it Alabama was a freaking rock show. And this was like, this was like a, I don't know, like kind of a, you know, like mid, mid 2000s soft rock show. Well, also like difference in opponent, like TCU versus Alabama, like that, that, that makes eh, a difference in terms yeah. of the in- interest of the fan. Like That's everyone true. wants to beat Alabama. You don't like TCU, even though they were top four and, and they're I top four, they're a playoff team right now. I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that, actually. No, but we've we've played TCU. It's nothing new, right? And Alabama was like that game that you everyone wants to go to. It's been talked about for years. And yes, but yeah, the hot versus cold is a big difference as well. The cold definitely made a difference. People weren't into it. Not in, not not into it. It just wasn't as loud. And they they weren't doing like Texas fight and stuff. It was kind of odd. Like the I don't know they. Even from the get-go, like, they didn't do the full video in the, like, Thunderstruck to get it going because the team just ran out, so they just stopped and the band just started playing. Like, it was – it just kind of got off on the wrong foot. And <laughs> But I will say, Del Conte had the freaking stereo up to 11. That shit was so loud. Really? Oh, my God, yes. And it kind of – that's where it was kind of the difference because, like, it would have like you know stand up and shout and then it was like clap 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 like just kind of not too loud you know it, huh. it was a it was a dichotomy of sounds hmm. and obviously there was nothing to really cheer about except for the touchdown at the end which we will get into but so you know one thing that was interesting the game did not start at 6 30 it was like a 6 50 kick yeah it started uh, late. which was weird because we were sitting there trying to like get the game <clears throat> get the game on and we're like oh well I guess we'll just turn it back to georgia mississippi state because our game still isn't going and it's like the addition of those parachuters like pushed everything back for some odd reason yeah, or, i don't know they got they all landed like pretty quick they landed like right at 640 so yeah i just did yeah it was uh 
definitely delayed game, but it definitely looked like a, a great environment. And I'm glad we're, you know, it's a it's a positive step that we're getting those types of, of home games again. So you just yeah. got to perform now. And as we talked about last week, I mean, when was the last time we had a meaningful game in November against a conference opponent? You know, yeah, it felt Iowa good. State, Iowa State in 2018. But like even, yeah, I guess that's true. But we still felt pretty good, get, like better but going into that game than this game. Yeah. All right. Speaking of actual football, um, any other shout outs or anything? I don't have anything. Uh, shout out to Campbell Cravens. Great bachelor party down in the Austin area. Oh, shout out to uh, Harrison King for his, uh, I don't know what you want to call it, but after the game, that was yeah. hilarious. Watch it, walking into that and everyone is just absolutely sideways. It was, uh, it was fun. And it was one of those where Kate leans into me as we get out of the Uber. Hey, let's just stay for like 45 minutes. And like, you know, maybe leave. It's like, yeah, yeah, sure. Next thing you know, it's like 2 a.m. It's like, oh man, we did it again. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Also, uh, shout out to the cold, cold weather finally. Don't know about that one. Uh, yeah, okay. I like it. Going into the game. I mean, how many, how many wasted opportunities are we going to have? The Bama game, the Bama wasted opportunity feels like nothing compared to that game to me. I don't know why that sounds backwards and it kind of should because we were so much closer in that game. And there were, as we talked about 10 plays that could have gone a difference and we would have won that game. There was none of those. There's the TCU game had absolutely none. And I still feel like it was a bigger wasted opportunity. Yeah. I mean, is that, is that wrong? So you're saying the, this game was a wasted, a bigger wasted opportunity than the Alabama game. Yes. Yeah, I would agree. Why is that? Is it just because we want to be the like bad guy and ruin TCU season, or is it just no. we, like we want to show people that we're good? I don't know what it is. Yeah, it's to prove your worth, kind of thing. One second. But um, so I don't know. I, I it's also one of those deals that like after the game, you you realize that TCU wasn't didn't play a great game either. So you're like that kind of stings a little bit more that the opportunity was right there. Yeah. Just a few like adjustments offensively would have would have won you that game. But no, I think it, it that one stings a little more because of the the opportunity that would come that was winning it, being the Big Twelve championship, likely. So yeah. No, you know, I Alabama so. would just been like the cool, flashy win. Right. Like, the, like beating Gonzaga, but like there's more it's a sports behind. center win, you know? Yeah. Well beating TCU has like meaning to the program. It's a it's a culture win, as they say. Well it's they got some culture games in front of them. No kidding. The upcoming. I mean, yeah, I, I don't, yeah, maybe it was because we literally had nothing like all, we were just uh, offensively so flat and absolutely had nothing. And it wasn't like they were just working us, you know, on offense or defense really for that matter. And we just still had nothing going on our offensive side in it. Oh God. Okay. Let's, let's just fucking get into it. I'm tired. of t- I'm tired of talking about this offense. Like I was tired of talking about the Bama game and wasted opportunities, but we're going to do it. And it's going to suck, but I don't care. This this is one of those games I was hoping we would just do it early in the week so we could get it over with. I didn't like how I was like hanging over, hanging over me like the whole week. Yeah. Okay. The quick, quick question, this quick, you know, first take skip Bayless question. Was that Sark or was that, is that on Sark or is that on Quinn? Oh gosh. We've, I feel like we've ping ponged on this every week. We said um, Sark on Tech. We said Quinn on Oak State. What do we say on this one? 
I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Sark. I'm gonna go Sark too, because it was this was more than Quinn struggling. This was the offense couldn't do a damn thing. I mean, you couldn't get one of the best. I would say top three running backs in the nation going. And granted, your offensive line got exposed by really good defense, but you still find a way to schematically get the best athletes on the field, the ball, and give them a chance to make plays, and you couldn't do that. So okay. I'm going to go Sark. I'm going to push back on not the Sark thing, the getting Bijan on the ball. When they're putting eight in the box, because you're being so one-dimensional with the offense, there's really not much. I don't care who the offensive line is. It, it's just, I understand you're trying to get Bijan going, but obviously that's just not going to happen. They're refusing to let this happen. They're trying <laughs> to make you throw the ball. Do okay, then do what you did versus Iowa State. Put them on a poster out. Yeah. No, I, I'm okay. What we're kind of saying the same thing in two different ways. What I'm saying is you can't just try to run them up the middle to death. Yes, you should have incorporated them in the, in the passing game much more. A fucking screen. What? Where was that crazy screen we had against Bama where he faked it left and right and then came back to the right? That I mean, stuff like that. It it was a. Uh... It was almost like one of those games where the offense truly clammed up. It just truly clammed up, and it, it was it just could not get out of its own way. Um, we'll get into the various groups here in a bit, but I guess I like to a lot of the stuff I've heard this week is comparing that to the Arkansas game from mm. last year, and I would say very similar in terms of the team wasn't like I would say the team versus Arkansas. On either side of the ball was not prepared, but this yes. game, at least the defense was prepared. Right. But it still had the same taste in terms of like leaving the field, just like, ugh. Like we, I mean, the offense was never, I mean, just they just never had a chance. And you could just see it. It was like third down and 12, third down and eight. I mean, like, I'd love to know how many third down and double digits we had in that game. Oh, I think outside of the one that we converted, which was like three and third and three. I think the average was like six and a half, seven yards or something. Yeah. So I guess. And I, I think that's more play calling than anything. Like, okay, if you're, you know, you got two plays to get more than three yards and you can't do that. Like, Jesus, what are you doing? Oh, man. You know what? And, I don't. <clears throat> and I know this is going to sound super conservative, old guy here, but. And, and I, I get that going forward on fourth down has become almost a contagious thing in the sport, both professionally and at the collegiate level. Like if you watch NFL, people are taking the gamble on fourth down a lot more just in terms of keeping the ball, you know, time of possession in their favor and, or just it's, it's becoming more popular just to have uh, go for it on fourth and call it less than six. Mm -hmm. But I did not like the fourth down call on a first possession at all. The defense yeah. had clearly established that, they could make, you know, they could stop this offense on the first possession. And it just, it felt like a unnecessary risk being that early in the game. Um, granted, that didn't lead to anything for TCU. So it became a mute point, but it kind of established some confidence for that TCU defense that they could stop Bijan because he got absolutely throttled on that play. Yeah, he did. I, I don't hate the call, but I understand what you're saying. It, it was kind of a weird momentum shift and, and it really didn't shift anything because the next four sorry one two three four yeah if you include their missed field goal and our interception jesus then the next what is that seven eight nine 
eight of the next 10 possessions were punts. The other two was a missed field goal and then Quinn's interception. Hmm. (laughs) Just an ugly first half in general. But going back to the offense and talking about Quinn, the interception was bad. I mean, that was kind of a forced throw. You don't see him make too many of those type of forced throws. He's obviously had some weird tendencies, and the velocity's dropped since the Bama game. There's no doubt about it. People were talking about his feet and his, you know, base and footwork and all that stuff. I, mean, I kind of get that. I mean, it's that's the easiest stuff to get away from, right? You know, you're the stuff that you're not really supposed to be thinking about actively as you're trying to dissect a defense while, you know, five, 300-pound D linemen are trying to eat you. So it's obviously been a factor. How much of it really? I don't – not as much as his mental and his inability to connect on some big throws that for some reason – was the only thing he thought that he had in front of him. Um, I, I I need him. I need a bounce back. I need a big bounce back in a big way. And I don't know if we're getting one this year, the rest of the season. No. Again, caveat to all that. He's 19. He's 19. He's 19. I get that, but he's at, we're holding him to a higher standard because he is that good. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of what comes with being the best ranked recruit since Vince Young, right? There's an expectation. Um, I think he filled those shoes immediately. Um, he had everybody drinking the, the Quinn Kool-Aid. It is what it is. And now he's reverting to what we see in most freshmen. Um, I mean, DJ Uglewood, whatever his name is, over at Clemson, he's yeah. had his struggles. Um, he had a terrible you know, sophomore year. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, there, there are struggles out there, but he, he, he definitely is – Making missing on throws that he was easily making early in the season, which is concerning. But I kind of felt like we put him in a tough spot. I mean, the receivers did not help with the drop passes. That nope. that was unfortunate. Um, but I feel like we we kind of put him in a spot where he his confidence was shot early on, and it took down like all it took was a couple of short passes to like at least get his confidence up. But like the mid the mid like mid range routes were just non existent in in Sark's offense on the first half and I just didn't get it because that's how he normally draws up the first two drives it's just kind of yeah. picking apart an, a defense and it just it wasn't there and I, I just it wasn't it wasn't clicking so yeah you got to give TCU's you get, D coordinator a little bit of credit too yeah. I think he he drew up a perfect game plan and that it was we're going to not let you run the ball at all and we're going to force your freshman quarterback to take some deep shots, we'll give you over the middle deep. Like, good luck connecting. Yeah, so. no, no, completely agree. TCU deserves a lot of credit for their game plan defensively, and uh, you know, likely that that game plan and the execution of that game plan may have gotten them into the playoff. That was a yeah, no, that was a uh, you know, a literally a. a pivotal game of the year for them and hopefully they don't i mean there's a few people who are calling them for upset over it this week i think that's a little overblown just because i think people think we'll have the hang they will have the hang like a letdown but... yeah no i i will get to that later i absolutely love tc this week um yeah I going agree. Back to so that... individual players i think yep. whittington was the only guy that seemed like he gave a fuck um yeah that was that's about it <laughs> maybe had... kelvin banks like we, he looks we had pretty good, but yeah. Three receivers touched the ball. That is so bad. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, three receivers, whatever. I think it's more just yeah. No, it's bad. It's bad. Um I like, you know, so, wait, wait, wait. Did JT Sanders have a catch? 
Yeah, he had one, I think, right? No, no, no. He had seven. He had seven catches? Yeah, seven for 61. Who am I thinking of? Oh, never mind. Uh, you were thinking of Billingsley, maybe? Maybe I'm thinking of Billingsley. Um, regardless, I'm tired of talking about the offense. Let's talk about something that was actually an unbelievable effort in the defense. Yeah. TCU's first 10 plays produced one yard. Five of their first half drives were three and outs. Five of their seven first half drives were three and outs. That was mm-hmm. that was an unbelievable – like Duggan, that, that's a great TCU offense. It seriously is. I know they haven't played anyone or whatever. I don't truly disagree with that. But Iowa State and Kansas State oh – wait, they haven't played Iowa State. Kansas State is a good defense, and they put up numbers against them. Oklahoma somehow kind of bounced back. I know they put up huge numbers against them. Regardless, this is a good offense with arguably the best receiving core in the nation. I think Quentin Johnson was at worst 90% healthy. Yeah. He didn't look 100% right, but he definitely wasn't that bad. Tay Barber is fast and is smart as fuck. And Darius Davis is probably the fastest guy in the league. That is a great, and Kendra Miller came out of nowhere and is looking like an NFL running back. That is a very, very good offense. And you just absolutely throttled them. In the first half, that D line play was that D line play. The first half was better than the D line play against Bam in the first half. Agreed. No, they had Duggan all sorts of confused. It was it was super impressive. Uh, they they kept us in the game. I mean, they they played a you know well, we'll get into the broken plays, but they played an unbelievable game. And credit to Coach K and and Patterson for getting. I mean. I mean, yeah, it's just it was they were that was the best game I think we've seen them play all year, and I still, I, I still have this like hesitation about them. I know, I think everyone does. That's just battered fan syndrome. But you refuse to really let them, you know, gash you on the easy throws, the mid down, or the midfield throws, all that linebacker coverage was perfect. But a lot of that stems from I think. The pass rush, the pass coverage stems from the pass rush. Baron Sorrell played out of his mind. Same with Coburn. Same with Tavondre. Hell, Ovi played pretty damn well, and they were blitzing well. They weren't blitzing just willy nilly, just staying in their assigned gaps or wherever man or whatever you want to call it. That was fun to watch. I mean, Jalen Ford is an all all Big Twelve linebacker. He should be. He probably won't be, but he should be. And Demarvion did is you know good of a job as any and mopping up easy tackles, you know, being the second guy after Coburn and one of those guys gets a hand on him. That was, that was so much fun to watch. And like, you didn't have to call out a DB's name. Like Jaron. Yeah. He saved a few runs while he gave up a big one, but regardless, like, yeah, he played his typical run support, but you never really had to worry about them. And also shout out Terrence Brooks for getting the start with the Sean being out. That was kind of a surprise and he played great. Like no, he he took a, took full advantage of the opportunity and improved his, you know, he was like one of our top recruits in the class last year. Yeah, no, he I mean he's a freak. So that was fun to watch. And then the two plays, I mean, that long touchdown run was identical to Bama's. Yeah, motion from the right to the left. You know, if, if you're looking on watching on TV, motion from the right to the left. Second team linebackers, bad eyes being led astray by the motion. Safeties are too slow to get to the to the other side and to the crib from the exact same, not the exact same, but pretty much the same location, heading the same direction. Like it was yeah. eerily similar. That that sucked. 
Yeah, it was a deja vu moment. And then I, I still don't know what happened on that Quinn Johnson touchdown. What, 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 why were they jumping that route? Like all of the DBs seemed to break at the same time. Did yeah. you see that on TV? Yeah, Anthony Cook. Uh, that was bad. That was a, a huge mistake. We couldn't really see it. I mean, they showed a few replays. I haven't watched the replays since, but it was just Anthony Cook. Uh, I guess he's gonna have to wear the brunt of making the mistake. I don't think Brooks made the mistake, but took. I mean, Cook just—they both went out for the out route, and just <laughs> you can't like, make that mistake in that moment. I, I just can't. It looks like they're playing cover four. It looks like they're trying to jump the route, but then he some, and they kind of do, but he somehow reads it perfectly. I have no idea what was going on. Like, God, that was so frustrating because he was on him like glue, and then all of it's out of nowhere. He's not. Man, I mean, those two plays, that's the game right there. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, it, well, one of those, really, you know, you just need one. No, I mean, again, they defense was gave us gave our team a chance. And, and if they can, if they now they've, they've kind of set the expectation, right? Of what, uh, I mean, they played that way versus Bama and they played that way versus TCU. They got to be able to do that consistently. I, they haven't proven uh, in, in any other Big 12 game, honestly. I'm not going to count OU, but they haven't proven in any other Big 12 game that they can uh, really do that. So maybe Tech, maybe-ish. Maybe. But they just – they 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 have the talent to do it. Uh, maybe Deshaun is the problem. <laughs> <laughs> I, maybe. I have no idea. He got hurt He got hurt in Bama, and he, what, he didn't play in the – what's it called game? The TCU game. Sure, that's a good point. I mean, I understand, like I said, TCU's going to be seen as an overrated team, but that's still probably a top-10 offense. And you held them to under 20 points and you held that you held their receiver group to under 125 yards. And I know Duggan's not the best passer in the world, but he's still decent and can do some damage with those guys. So great defensive effort sucks that it was wasted, but I hope those guys feel good and can kind of keep that rolling. Um, yeah. So I want to talk about the biggest mistake of the game, uh, which was the special teams going for the block punt. The first one I don't hate. The first one I don't hate at all. So and we got away know. with, we got away like they didn't throw the flag, and then they threw the roughing or uh, running running into, and then the third time it was like okay really, like what? And the third time we weren't even, there was no need to do that. Like no, we weren't in a position that like we needed to go. I mean, that's kind of a really weird thing to say when our offense wasn't moving the ball at all. But well, there that's was no the counter need to do it, right? Like the risk associated with that being that it was fourth and four you made another stop your defense comes off the field and they're all like you know it's kind of hard to get checked check back in and sure enough that led to the 60 yards and a, the ball to Quentin Johnson you know it just it was a very I think uh risky call I don't know if Sark has the ability to like overrule what uh what's that sure guy's name he definitely does Banks no he definitely Banks, does like it's just it just seems like such an unnecessary risk at the time uh, even if we would have blocked it, we probably would have freaking fumbled, like stepped on each other, not pick up the ball <laughs> like the Iowa State game. So that led to the TD. That ultimately led to be the difference yep. in the game. Um, so I just that that is another concern of mine with that we've talked about over and over again is Sark's in-game decision making. That sure he can design an unbelievable offense. Can he call an offense and can he make decisions in the game and? adjust in the game to make this team 
a nine, 10 win team. It, it's that is consistently the theme with him thus far. I, I'm not jumping off the Sark bandwagon. I want to make that very clear. I'd no, still, I'm not either. I still think he's a great coach. He's creating, uh, I hate to say this, but he's creating a culture um, that we did not have under strong, but we kind of did under Herman with Sam at the helm. So I think he's creating something. It's just, and he's got the talent. It's just like it's just the, ex- the execution ultimately that has it. It's just not there. Um, so, yeah, and I mean the in the block or the fumble return for the touchdown that we didn't even mention. I mean that was that was kind of lucky with Duggan. Just I don't know what he was really kind of thinking on that one. That was kind of weird. But yeah, the 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 third the third go for punt was definitely the lot, one too many because. Yeah, you're gonna, you get away with one, and then you don't get away with one, but it doesn't bite you in the ass. You know, the next time that ref is just staring and is like, "If this fucker breathes on the punt punter wrong, yeah, I'm gonna blow it." And yeah. people were pissed about the 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 sell and the punt. Like, I don't. Nope. I, that was that was fine. That was that he was. Did, he did what he's supposed to do. I completely agree. I, I I just think it was we were like walking a fine line with getting kind of lucky on the few calls we had the first two. And then it was just like, why, why third time's a charm. He's going to freaking throw the flag and get call roughing red roughing or running into was going to be a first down um, in that situation. So, yeah, you know, it just, it just seemed like such a big force. They were on their on 27 God's... when they did that. Yeah. It, uh... Yeah. I, I don't know. I know, and let's let's go back to what you just said, and not being out on Sark, and yeah, there's some the eyebrows are raised, and I and I don't think that's that unfair, honestly, especially after what you just explained. But that that game really hurts his kind of reputation as a play caller. I will, we can all agree to that. But as a head coach, I think you're right, and there's some sort of a culture being built. I don't know what it is, but it's kind of getting there brick by brick and there's not too many bricks but there's something and like your defense is playing way above its skill set no doubt about it and your special teams i know we just ragged on them but isn't better than it has been in the past few years and your offense has shown flashes and you're probably gonna have the two best high school quarterback recruits that have come out of high school in the past 20 fucking years on whoa, your whoa, roster. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. That's 10 aggressive. Years. 10, 10 years. years. Whatever. 10 years on your roster next year. So, and the biggest one, this is the best your O line and D. We talked about it earlier this year. This is the best your yeah. O line and D line collectively have played in since probably 2000. I don't know. 2009 is the easy answer, but you could argue even before that. Yeah. We haven't seen the the results or the impact of the, was it the pancake? fund or whatever well now it's all one deal but yeah yeah so like we haven't seen the results or the impact of that yet um we're just you know tip of the iceberg with those guys are all playing so much better and they and you're right there is that that is an improving group that will have residual effects across the team without a doubt and like look at look just on the offensive line because it's you know three young guys banks that first few games were like okay something's there he's obviously a five-star but We'll see now, like absolute freak. Same Hudson and Connor, like you kind of knew you're like, okay, maybe there'll be something. There's some dumb penalties earlier on the year. They definitely had a slower learning curve, but I think they've come on pretty damn well, especially pass blocking. Run blocking is, you know, more of a physicality 
than it is like a you know it's just a little harder to kind of become a absolute beast at than compared to pass blocking pass blocking if you can play smart um you can you know hold your own so between those three guys there's some real development and then going to the defensive side of the ball like baron sorrel i know he's been off and on but that last game that was the best game we've a defensive end we've had well i guess until osai started being used as a proper dn like since then and then byron murphy guys like that that have actually come up just just finkley's been playing a lot i saw he's signed he's signing an nil deal with a like a the new crash bandicoot bit video game random but like whatever it's guys like that on both sides of the ball on the offensive defensive line and then even for going further out we just raved about terrence brooks jalen ford has come on as a great linebacker demarion's been a little you know whatever but that's fine and then offensively, I mean, Keelan Robinson, Savion Red's shown flashes, st- guys like that. Yes, there is some player development that's coming forward that's not just pure talent. There's some yeah. coaching behind it. No, I, I agree. It's the continued development that you you need to see. And it's the, uh, like, what, what do you see over the next two weeks? You know, like, yeah. does this team give up or does this team uh, – play for each other and play for the university and go get these two wins and make it an eight and four year, which we all could say eight and four would be a win or do they kind of fold the tent and, and move and, and just go, what would be six and six? Mm-hmm. Is out. So, you know, it it's super unfortunate that we had to play the game the day after Thanksgiving at home. I think it's a waste of a home game that. every year. Yeah, it um, Baylor, it will probably be, if I had to guess like 65% full, maybe, um, so like you just lose a you lose a, uh, the value of one home game, which is so annoying. Um, but the Friday, like make it Thursday or make it Saturday. It make it Saturday. Matter. I don't. Yeah, make it Saturday. It, it's the dumbest thing. But uh, especially eleven a.m. Like what? Uh, so you know, find a way to win that game. Find a way to win this one coming up. Um, yeah, go getting, getting four. But getting back to results on the field, you're somehow not out of the Big Twelve championship, and. I know it's unique K-State to lose once, but West Virginia has been playing really well, and they're at Morgantown this weekend. Never an easy place to play. And who knows with K-State, you know, up and down, quarterback, all that stuff. It's not that crazy to say they lose this weekend. If Kansas is at home next weekend, was a little bit different, but still, rivalry game, Thanksgiving, crazy shit can happen. So the opportunity is still there, and hopefully they play yeah. like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's exactly what I was just talking about. Is that, you know, it's – it's still there. You know, you never like to be in the last two weeks hoping for some help, but that's where we are because of the situation we put ourselves in with the stupid losses in Stillwater and Lubbock. You know, I would say TCU is a better team than us. I would, I'll say that, so that's a loss. But you would be in a bunch of totally different position if you didn't choke versus Tech or Oklahoma State. Yeah. Like, it's that easy. That The season comes down to that. So I, now it's I, time I, to, yeah. to prove, prove your worth. Uh, play for the university and go get these two games but you and i traded text uh, a while back and you were talking about the development of the team and these random names that you kind of mentioned but we talked about how you know we we do have some star players from that 2018 class that are kind of carrying this team the 2019 class we have three players left like that that's a big impact meaning that we are a young young team still Mm -hmm. meaning like 2020 21 and 22 class makes up a majority of this team of which I would argue that maybe like 60% of our starters are from those three classes. That that's a big deal. Yeah. Um, 
you know, I could probably name, you know, you got Jordan, Roshan, uh, Deshaun, guys who are from the 2018 and 2019 classes, mm-hmm. Anthony Cook, there's four or five, DeMarvion. You know, so we have some really big-time players from this season, big impact players who are with still on the team from those 18 19 classes. But to only have that like, have that that few of players left, that is – that is an impact of our attrition at the head coaching and assistant coaching positions. So, right. yeah, like if you if you lose these two games, you can't freaking just sell the house and and, and lose all these coaches again because we got to find a way to retain some of those kids from the 2020 class who you know I think are still pretty talented. Obviously, you're going to lose a few to the draft with Bijan and somebody else I can't think of off the top of my head, but is Xavier? I think he was 21 no. in the class, but yeah, he's 21. Uh, you know, it's just. Find a way to, if you don't win these two games, to go win the bowl game. Take this recruiting class for twenty three coming in, and 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 build off of some what you've mentioned positive games this year because we really didn't have any positive games last year. <laughs> no, no. In in talking about positive, like yes, you're six and four, and six and six is not that crazy. You're going to a bowl game. You didn't do that last year. That's twenty extra practices that you get that this team gets. You know, that right there is a positive. I know it's ugly and it's not what you thought it would be, especially considering how the season has gone and all the ups always, and downs. But regardless, you're going to a bowl game. That's extra reps. That's fine. That's a good I've thing. always thought the 20 extra practices is, is a very overrated thing, in my oh, opinion. Oh, I think but you're underrating. No, it's – I don't no, think it makes You're right, though. Point. Looking at – but no, going to what you're saying, keeping some of those guys and – our majority of our starters yeah like the 2020 class obviously Bijan and then like collins broughton kitten crawford didn't come out but majors um that's jaron are you looking at it right now yeah carrick like jody baron was the colley like the 18th rated rated guy of that class and you i'll give you a hundred dollars if you can guess according to espn the lowest rated player of that class I just pulled it up, but of course it's Jalen Ford. Wow. Right. Like, and that kid's come on great. Yeah. That and, that's and, that is really promising. I will say that. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I get what you're saying, and I, I agree with most of it. Um, so yeah, the season's somehow not over. They may get TCU again, but I'm tired of talking about this game. So let's move on. I wonder uh, if wow, I wonder if Jordan Whittington will come back. There's kind of rumors that he may, but I, I don't know. Because he, so it's him, Roshan, and this is Mike Francesa radio right now. What? Nothing. When Mike Francesa, the old New York sports talk guy, he would literally go through like the Yankees like lineup or game and be like, that score was four to two. That score was five to one. That score was 14 to 12. You just like list numbers, and it was like the most boring radio of all time, and that's what we're doing right now. <laughs> Golly, I believe Roshan and all right, Kansas Jordan could come the, back. That's crazy. they are six and four, lost a bad one to Tech this past week. Um, they started out six and zero, oh, which no, so, no, no, five and zero, oh. five and zero. Oh. Sorry, 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 five and zero. Oh, um, What's his name? Jalen Daniels is back. He was their starter 
um, to start the year. He was the one that really kind of kept them going. He 11 touchdowns and one interception. Pretty absurd how he started that season. And then he was the first victim, or no, sorry, he's the second victim of the TCU quarterback getting hurt train. Um, they then lost three in a row to TCU, Oklahoma, Baylor. Somehow beat Oklahoma State at home and then lost to Tech uh, real bad last week, all with a backup quarterback. But Jalen Daniels back this week. Holy. He's... I'm sorry. You want to share with the class? <laughs> oh, I saw your note about the weather. Are you kidding me? <laughs> what? The weather in Lawrence this weekend. Yeah, it's not going to be great. Um, okay, keep going. Sorry, I shouldn't have passed notes in the class. I'm sorry. Devin Neal, the hometown kid from Lawrence, decent running back. I wouldn't say he's great, but he's, you know, had some – he's in the – he's the second-place winner of the Kindred uh, Miller. Where did this running come back come from, and why is he looking so good? Award um, behind Kendra Miller. O-line is actually not that bad. Pretty good against the pass rush. Mash unit of some transfers that uh, Lance Leipold brought over from Buffalo. Also, talking about, like, a culture, that coach knows how to install a culture. He won at Wisconsin Whitewater, which you're not supposed to know what that school is because it's nobody. And he won at Buffalo. That guy, this coach knows how to win. Uh, going over the defense, not good. They really can't stop the run. They really can't stop the pass that well. Lonnie Phelps is a good DN. He's got six sacks on the year. He'd probably start on any Big 12 team this season. Uh, he's a legit freak. I think he's number 43. Uh, transferred from Ohio. Kenny Logan's their leading tackler. Safety, big body. Not big body, but, you know, think of him as a uh, Brandon Jones type uh, safety. This defense it, it, yeah, is not great. They're giving up almost 500 yards a game, evenly split between running and passing. However, they do create turnovers. and They lead the tw Big 12 in turnovers force. I think they forced 19, maybe 20 on the season. And it was that 10 games, so two, almost averaging two a game. It's a lot. And I think it's pretty even between interceptions and fumbles, too. This is a good defense. They are going to try to play some shots, take some shots at this offense, especially after this past weekend. How does Quinn respond? How does Bijan respond? How does this offensive, how does the entire offense respond? How does Sark respond? On the other side of the ball, the defense, they, we're going to be able to stop the run against this team. Can you limit Daniels to those big plays? The receivers aren't bad. They've got three guys. Of course, they got one token white guy that's pretty fast and great hands. Um, this is, a good offense it's not a great offense and Jalen Daniels supposedly still isn't healthy if uh Jason Bean is the backup comes in he can run a lot so just keep an eye out for that regardless I think Texas gets it back going as we said mentioned earlier they're playing for something it's not like they're playing for anything it's not like you're playing for your team blah blah, blah. you are playing for your team but you're somehow still playing for a big 12 title chance Texas gets it going shitty weather I'll let weatherman Jim Cantori talk about that but Texas 38, Kansas 24. So, yeah, you kind of ran through it all there, but oh, I was going to let you keep rolling. The uh, You you kind of misstated one thing earlier about we need Kansas State to – we only need Kansas State to lose. We also need Oklahoma State to no, lose. No, we don't. No, we don't. Yeah, we do. No, we don't. Yeah, we do. Okay, don't believe me. I, I know it says that their record so is the same. Oklahoma State it's, it's point differential. It's point differential. I promise. We so if we are tied with Kansas State and Oklahoma State at the end of the year, we we go in. Correct. So it's, it's like the three way tie. We win because we lost to Oklahoma State by less than they did to Kansas State. 
They lost 48 nothing. We lost by six or whatever that was. But what about the third team? What about the third team? Like if, if we lost to Kansas State by seven. Correct. I'm sorry, to Oklahoma State by seven. Correct. Oklahoma State lost to oh, K-State okay. okay. by 48. So we, we, we get the three-way tie break? Correct. Oh, wow. Score. Yeah. What a win. Well, that'd be yep. nice if we can like if we can actually worry about that. But uh, so yeah, obviously you mentioned the uh, Kansas defensive struggles. Um, I think the weather plays in our favor on that front. If we are able to stop their stop their run game and we can just feed Bijan, which we were unfortunately not able to do uh, in this past game, and I think we control the time of possession. But ultimately force a turnover or two um, on Kansas's part. And unfortunately, I hate to say this, get a revenge win over Kansas. Um, <laughs> that is really sad to say. But I also think that uh, we have responded to losses really well this year. Mm-hmm. So that is something that, I mean, all th- all four losses, we've come back and won, I believe. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes. So as Sark's one of his favorite words is resiliency, which I hate it because it's like one of his when he doesn't know what to say, he says resilient. <laughs> but like Charlie Strong saying execution ex- and Herman execu- saying ex- alignment. execution. Alignment. <laughs> yeah. So I do think the horns get the win. I think it's an ugly one. I think 230 helps us out. Um, I do. I agree with that. I do think Quinn throws a pick, but I think our athletes out athlete their athletes. And I want to make a last statement. Last year, we played Kansas on a cold November game, which we all know we lost. We also played up in Spokane uh, against Gonzaga that night, and we Ooh. lost. Ooh. Um, so we defeated Gonzaga this week. So I'm going to keep the momentum going with Texas beating Kansas with a win. Love it. All right. Games of the week. Uh Good week, not a great week. For this late in this November, I ex- expect more out of college football, and I didn't get it this week, or I haven't gotten it yet. I say that now. There's a few that could sneak up on you. Um, it's like the point of, point of a song where it like goes down before it gets really good because next week is like the best. That's true. Uh, TCU at Baylor, 11 a.m. F- FS1. Baylor plus two. I thought that line would be a lot bigger. Baylor bounce back game after getting kind of worked this past week. Um, Letdown game. I mean, what do you mean, kind of? They got destroyed. What was the final score? I thought it was like something to three. Oh, really? I thought they scored like 17. Nope, nope, 31 to three. You're right. Yeah, yeah they got worked. <laughs> How does Baylor respond to getting worked? Um, and then, yeah, letdown spot for TCU. Would they spend all year game planning against our offense? It looked like it, but I doubt it. Um, I, I, I love TCU here. I do not understand this line at all. Like two points makes no sense. And it gets 11 a.m., but like it's Waco. Like who gives a fuck about home field advantage? It's going to be cold. Yeah, but I like TCU here a lot. Yeah, I think TCU is not getting the respect they deserve. I don't think they're, uh, you know, at the level of a Michigan, Ohio State, or Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um, but give a smaller school a chance in the playoff game. Anything can happen. But I do think they go into Waco and get this win. Um, I think they're just too good on defense and to. You know, Kansas State's defense is good, not great. And for Baylor to only put three points up in that game, I don't I don't suspect they're going to be putting many points up against TCU. So I like TCU by 13. I like that. USC at UCLA, 7 o'clock on Fox. 
UCLA plus five. UCLA off a terrible loss to Arizona. <laughs> They're 22-point favorites, I think. Um, they had some long shot odds. College football, those are gone. USC got back on uh, the wagon a little bit going against Colorado last this past week. They kind of messed around against Cal two weeks ago and uh, almost lost that game, ended up winning. Supposedly the Rose Bowl is going to have games, fans of this game. They've averaged, I think, like 50,000, which is terrible for that. how good of a stadium that is. That just shows you how fucked up California is. USC can still make the playoffs, but they need a lot of help. I do like USC in this game. I think they have kind of really put it together. So I'm kind of surprised you chose that game for our West Coast game of the week. I kind of like the Utah-Oregon game as more of a game of the week. You know, the Utah-Oregon game, I was thinking about it, and then the line started switching uh, because it looks like Bo Nix might be out. Oh, okay. Yeah, I I know. I was thinking that, and I was like, that line's crazy. And I looked at it, it flipped like four points. I was like, whoa, what's going on? And it's like, oh, Bo Nix out. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Let me preface with how I could eat my words. There are a lot of big games that would mean a lot against in you know in conference rivals with huge spreads. I'll just run through them quick. Illinois at Michigan. Michigan is a sixteen point favorite. Um, Georgia at Kentucky. Georgia twenty two point favorite. Ohio State at Maryland. Ohio State twenty eight point favorite. Miami at Clemson. Clemson nineteen point favorite. I know Miami sucks, but regardless, Penn State at Rutgers. Penn State twenty point favorite. And then Georgia Tech at North Carolina. North Carolina has one loss. North Carolina is a 21-point favorite. And then Tennessee at South Carolina. Tennessee, 22-point favorite on the road. That's a 6 o'clock night game. And then Ole Miss at Arkansas. Ole Miss is only a three-point favorite. That's a 6.30 game. Hmm. How many of those are losers? At least one, maybe two. I'll go two. I'll go two, two, but... I think the one I like is the Rutgers at home, two thirty. That's, That's just your thing against the spread. I kind of like that money line. I really? love it. I love it against the spread, but I would sprinkle a little bit. Um, Hawaii's playing UNLV at ten o'clock at night. If you want to watch that, mm, probably not. Shout out Michelle and Billy. I'll be at your wedding. Um, so we were gonna wrap up with the Moody Center discussion. Um, what were we gonna talk about? Oh, I don't want to ask. What's this whole like? Why is like Pat McAfee like our? He just loves Chris Beard. I don't know. Yeah, I I saw all the hype with him, and then all of a sudden, I I saw his podcast the last two days where he just like he's all about it. I mean, just truly all about the team and the the stadium, and and it's it's pretty cool. Like, well, both game days, he's done like a big segment with Beard. Oh really? Yeah. Well, but. he's he's all about this team, but yeah, that was a uh, quite the performance last night. Obviously, big game environment, taking advantage of being in the new stadium. Um, uh, but their defense against Timmy Oof. was super impressive. Drew um, Timmy, not Timmy Allen. Yeah, well, Timmy Allen actually had a horrible game, but uh, they were hit, they were hitting threes, hitting mid range shots. Tyrese Hunter is the guy, like Dude, I said last week. That guy is um, a freak. Yeah, man. he's got he's got the like. The winner attitude. Marcus Carr is also a baller, but he kind of will be very inconsistent. Whereas Tyrese is going to yeah. probably average. Tyrese will average like eighteen a game. I bet he's going to be he's going to be super good. Shout out B Rock, dude. What? Yeah. Golly. Um, but more importantly, shout out to the investors and CDC and everyone for <laughs> building that shout stadium. out to the Moody family. <laughs> like no 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 Moody family just got the naming rights. There was a California 
group who invested in the in the building but oh, uh, oh like the actual yeah so you know definitely a professional nba type vibe with the clubs on the sidelines and uh the just in general like advertising everywhere but huge improvement they definitely could turn down the music a little bit not gonna lie <laughs> um, so old. and the student section was awesome i wish it was a little bit bigger but I, that's it, what it, i was thinking it's a little I get what you're trying to do, but it's a little small. Like, there's going to be a lot of games where there will be empty seats still, I think, unfortunately, because, I don't know, I, I take that back. 11,000 seats is not that many compared to, like, the 16 to 20,000 that we had at Frank Irwin. So, uh, huge improvement. Love the stadium. Super convenient to get, like, food and drinks. Restrooms are quick. You can get in and out uh, during a timeout. So, Huge, huge applause to everyone involved with that stadium, but more importantly, to hopefully continuing that environment because that was that was the coolest Texas sporting event I've been to in a while. That's better than Bama. I don't know, man. Like <laughs> basketball has been like that. We haven't had an environment like that in a while. I would say this is going to go out on a limb here. One of the regional games in baseball was like up there Ooh. with what I, that experience was last night. That's super regional or regional? Like I'm trying to think of like the, the UH game that you and I went to was awesome. Which one? We went to th- all three. Um, I'm talking about the clinching game. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Regional, regional, and super regional baseball at Dishflock is is pretty hard to beat. Damn. Well, yeah. Need to make it to a game this year. Um. All right. Are they Thank good? You. What? Is the baseball team good? I was talking about basketball but uh, yeah the baseball team should be pretty good they got that are they, transfer. Number, are they number one no they won't be number one they'll probably be the top 15 or something but they got this kid from tcu i don't know why he left tcu um porter brown he's gonna be our i believe our left fielder i believe and he's gonna be pretty damn good um wow all right thank you everybody we will see you all next week okay on your shoulder you never thought once about thinking it over feel like you're the only one who's ever been in a bad situation now you need to take yourself a love vacation cause after all what's done is done sick and tired of being sick Everything around you's growing old The days drag on, nights last forever Everything's tougher just to keep it together Forget everything you've ever known Keep a bed is not losing a bit of sleep over how you're getting down the line. Now, don't you friend, now don't you worry. Well, don't get in too much of a hurry. Cause up ahead's that city limit sign. Sick and tired of being sick and tired. Everything
days drag on, nights last forever. Every day's tougher just to keep it together. Forget everything you will know, except for home. Home is where the heart is. Ooh, that's what somebody wants. Starting over, cold turkey, washing your soul of everything that's dirty. Seal your heart of every crack. You're no longer sick and tired. Everything around you feels brand new. Yeah, the days fly by. Could be longer Every day you're just a little bit stronger Now that you spread your wings and flown 